Dear Christian friends, we get results. You probably heard those words on the radio, on TV, maybe even in print. Like, that's a really common thing in advertising slogans, right? We get results, or something like that. And the reason is because those words appeal to us. We want results. We want to see a return on our investment, on the investment of our time, our energy, our finances, right? That's why we want to see results when you invest in your retirement, uh, retirement accounts. And if you don't, you're probably going to find a different broker, a different investment fund. We want to see results when we invest time in our children and then we tell them, go do your chores or clean your room. We want to see results. And it's really no different when it comes to our faith, is it? We want to see results. We might not say that out loud because well, that kind of sounds irreverent, right? It kind of sounds like we're making a demand of God. Hey, do something here. Make something happen. And we are. We might not say it a lot, but it, it probably has run through our, our minds and our hearts before because we want to see results and we may not think that we are seeing anything. But that begs the question then, what results are you looking for? Because we might be overlooking the, the blessings that God actually does give us and, and the blessings he gives to us by faith, because we're looking for the wrong things. We're, we're expecting a certain kind of result, a certain wanted result. But that doesn't mean there aren't results. In fact, just the opposite is true. And that's what we see this morning as we begin our, our worship series, taking a look at the book of Colossians, where we see this morning that the gospel gets results. Take a look at Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, where Paul initially introduces himself, who he's writing to, and then he talks about the gospel. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel's bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our, our dear fellow servant, who's a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. So God sent these words to the Christians in Colossae and to us through, through the pen of his messenger, Paul. And he did so because he had gotten a report that from Epaphras, the, the pastor of this Christian church in Colossae, that the truth of God's word was under attack. Now it was a, a subtle attack, it was a sneaky attack, but no less dangerous than a, a full frontal assault. 
the, the false teaching that had popped up that was, that was circulating among the city of Colossae was that you needed to add something to what God said. That if you really wanted to have a, a complete Christianity, a, a real faith that, that produced results and, and looked fruitful, well, you needed to do something more than just that overly simple message of, of Jesus. And with that sneaky and subtle attack, the whole purpose of the devil's message through it was to undermine who Jesus was and what he had done, to take the fact that Jesus is everything and to put the burden of forgiveness back on God's people. That's a pretty scary thought, isn't it? Because that's really what happens, and it's our first takeaway this morning, that denying that Jesus is everything means that I have to do something, really I have to do everything for my salvation. And the reality is, I can't. I can't do anything. And I certainly can't do everything. The thing is, that same sneaky, subtle, but no less dangerous false teaching, it's still circulating, still out there, it's still relevant in today's spiritual landscape. And, and maybe the biggest problem with it, it sounds good. It appeals to us, right? It appeals to, to that part of me that says, yeah, I have to do something. Yeah, I want more. I, I want more than just hearing about Jesus week after week. I want something that's going to be powerful and yet easy. I want to win the spiritual lottery because I want Results. But again, what are the results that you're looking for? Because I, I think that probably more often than not, the results that we want, and maybe the, even the results that we expect, well, they're really not the results God promises. They're the, the results that the world around us says are good. We want to hit the, the spiritual lottery or the lottery when it comes to our job, our income, our, our family. We want the things that the world says are good and this is how you show you've made it and you have fame or fortune or power or stuff. And we say, yeah, we want those results. But the problem is those aren't the results God promises. God promises he's going to provide for our daily needs, but he doesn't say I'm going to give you all of your wants. What God does promise, though, what he assures us is that his promises, they have power. They get results. That's why in these verses, the Apostle Paul talked about how like, those Colossian Christians have some amazing blessings. They have peace and they have love. And where do those things come from in a world that's devoid of them? How do they get them? He says there's one really simple source, one means that gave you all of that. It's the gospel. And that's what he says. Let's reread that section in verses 5 and 6. He says, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven, about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. 
Now, that word came up a couple of times, didn't it? The gospel. And the gospel is simply good news. But it's not the good news that you don't have to go to work tomorrow, at least probably not most of you. It's not the good news that tomorrow the weather's supposed to be fantastic on Labor Day. Woohoo! It's not the good news that you just got a bump in pay. It's not the good news that whatever. It's the best news. It's the best good news that could ever possibly be given. It's the good news that Jesus is everything. That God has done all of it when it comes to your salvation, when it comes to your eternity, when it comes to your debt of sin. It's the good news that God sent his son to save you. The good news that, that Jesus lived and died to make the payment for all of your sins. The good news that Jesus rose from the dead to prove his victory. The good news that everything Jesus did is yours by faith. It's the good news that we see in our second takeaway. The gospel is simply the good news that Jesus has done everything to save me. That's the gospel. And it gets results. We heard in our, our second scripture reading this morning from Romans chapter 1, right, about the power of God's word. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Think about that for a moment. God could have done anything. This is how I'm going to save people. I'm going to make them jump through this hoop and do this and go here and pay this. And we would say, let's do it. God said, no, 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 no. There'd always be a doubt. There'd always be a wonder. There'd always be, did I do it right? Did I do enough? Should I have done more? And we can't save ourselves. There's nothing that we do that can save ourselves. We can never do it well enough or perfectly enough. It's always tainted by sin. And so God said, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to send Jesus to do everything to save you. And that's the good news. It's the power of God then as he tells us your sins are forgiven. Jesus did it all. It's the power of God that works through that word, the good news, to bring us to faith through his spirit. As he, as he creates and strengthens faith in our hearts that know and that love him. Because it changes our status. It changes everything, really, about our lives. Think about the, the drastic change in status, how you went from being condemned sinner before God to being a dear child with an inheritance, an eternal inheritance with him. It changes our, our hopeless lives where we're just living for the moment, living for ourselves, because what else is there? To a life that is hope, not just hopeful, but hope-filled. Because we know that we are loved by God himself every second of every single day. And that God has an eternity for you. Where the worst thing is better than the, all the power and, and fame and fortune and stuff that the world could ever promise. It changes our motivation even that, that we don't 
just live for myself anymore, for ourselves, that we don't just go about doing whatever I want and who cares about anybody else, but instead we live for God out of, out of thanks and love for him who gave himself for me. It changes our priorities that, that keep God as, as number one in our lives. It changes our hearts by the, the power of God's forgiveness that gives us peace. That I'm, I'm forgiven. And then I'm able to forgive the way God forgives me. And I'm able to, to get rid of the, the grudges and the anger. It's a beautiful thing what that gospel does. It's our third takeaway this morning. That the power of the gospel assures me that I'm loved by God. And it enables me to love others. I'm often reminded of that when I go and, and visit people who have come to worship here at Foundation, who stopped in, checked us out. Now, I'll generally ask, you know, how was your, how was your time with us? Do you have any questions? And, and one of the things that I often hear is, wow, that was a, I was really welcome. I really felt comfortable. You really have a friendly group of people who, who seem to genuinely care about one another. So too, it's, it's pretty great. And I had one lady who asked me, what's the secret? And I told her it was the donuts. <laughs> I'm kidding, I did. Um, I told her there is no secret. And, and not in the sense that there's a secret that's kept hidden from everyone else. There's a secret, though, that, that we don't by nature know. It's a secret that God makes clear to us in his word. It's a secret that, that we know because of Jesus. The secret is no secret at all. It's the power of the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus that, that we see in the hearts and lives of God's people who gather together because the gospel gets results. The trouble is that it doesn't always get results that we expect, and it maybe doesn't always get results the way or in the time that we had hoped. We want those results now, right? We're instant gratification kind of people. And why didn't God do this now? Why didn't he solve this problem now? Why didn't he change this person's heart today? Is the problem God? Absolutely not. The problem isn't the power of God, which is greater than any force imaginable. The problem is us. Because God lays out for us the beauty of his words so simply and so clearly, and we hear it, and we read it, and we go, but I don't really want to do that. I, I hear what God's saying, and I, I want to want to do that. But loving that person? Oof. Being kind, like, all the time? Being generous? Being patient? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be patient. I want, to, I want what I want. And see, the problem isn't God or his power or the power of his word. The problem is us. It's sin living in us. We, we see the love that the gospel produces, the love that we have for God, the love that we share with other people, that we show to other people, love that is unconditional. 
And then we also show love that is very conditional. And we argue. And we bicker with one another about pointless and meaningless and, and insignificant things. And we gossip about other people. And, and why is that? Because God can't stop us? No, because we still have sin that lives in us, that's, that's hardwired into us. We need to go back to the cross, right? Every single day to go back to that heart of the gospel where Jesus died and freed us from all of our sins. We need to go back there because we need the peace, that our sins are forgiven, that, that we are loved by God and free in him. That's the good news. That's the good news God wants you to know every single day. And, and to not think there has to be more than this. That's it. Nothing more than that. It's the beautiful peace that God gives in the good news. It's the good news that gets results. And not just here. But as Paul said, it's getting results around the world. Maybe you've read some of the, the interviews with some of the Hmong pastors that are are doing missionary work in Vietnam that live in their native Vietnamese. Uh, that's part of our, our nonprofit of the quarter. It's kind of interesting because more than once I've read that these pastors, they really didn't know the Bible. They had no formal training. Their only Bible knowledge came from their own reading of it, their own self-teaching. And as a result, the only thing they really knew was do and don't. If you want to live a good life, this is what you got to do. If you want to have peace, you got to do this and this and this and this and this. And abstain from that and that and that. And it didn't actually free their hearts or anyone else's. But then they got into contact with some of our missionaries who shared with them the gospel. The message that Jesus has done everything. And not only were their hearts freed, but their preaching changed. And you know what's cool? Is not only did their preaching change, but the people changed. As the power of God's word, the power of the gospel, impacted the hearts of the people in the villages that they were preaching and teaching to. And you know what? It's not just like a few people who noticed the Vietnamese communist government noticed. And the persecution slowed and even stopped in some cases because well, we don't need to go in there and, and drop the hammer because this Christianity thing, it, it brings peace. Like these people are, aren't rebellious. They're not, like, they're just peaceful and loving and generous and caring to one another. We don't need to oppress them. In fact, it was so impactful the communist government saw what was happening and got in touch with our missionaries and invited them to come and build a theological training center, a seminary, in a country where Christianity is largely restricted or even forbidden, to come and, and build a seminary to teach, you got it, the gospel. Because they saw the impact it had on people's hearts and on their lives. Because the gospel gets results. Let me share with you one other example of, of a woman that I know. 
It was my student pastor year, my, my intern year in Texas. And I was introduced to a woman that other people, I heard other people calling her by a different name than I knew. They called her Breeze. But that wasn't how I had been introduced to her. And I was kind of confused. And I, I said, wait a minute, I, you told me this was your name, but I heard them calling you Breeze. What's the deal? And she said, Breeze was my occult name. She had been a priestess of Satan. Uh, she had owned, an, as she called it, an occult shop. That was her means of income, performing rituals, satanic rituals. Until the gospel of Jesus, through the power of God's word, had shined into her heart and, and broken the chains of guilt and fear and had shown her how much God loved her. And that she had peace, not because of what she did, but because Jesus is everything. And so this woman was no longer called Breeze. Because that was her called name, and now she went by the name that she had been baptized with. Her Christian name, she called it. She sold her occult shop. She would come to church every Sunday in the dead heat of Texas summer, wearing long sleeves and sometimes even turtlenecks to cover up the satanic tattoos that, that covered every inch of her body. She wasn't proud of them anymore, but she couldn't stop coming because she wanted to hear what Jesus had done for her. And so she gave up her name, her business, her lifestyle, her friends, because she wanted to keep hearing the good news that freed her soul, that gave her peace. And when I think of the power of the gospel, I think of that woman that's no longer called Breeze. But I also see myself. And I see you. All people that were, that were shackled by sin, that were, were born into this world spiritually dead. And God broke those chains and he made us alive in Christ, the Bible says. By the power of the gospel, he's given us life. He's given us peace and hope. He's given us faith that knows that Jesus is everything. And that brings us to our last takeaway this morning. That I only need to look at my own heart and life to see that the gospel gets results. Because sometimes we think we need to see something bigger and better, some great display out there in the world. And when I stop and I see, wow, look what God has done in me and for me and through me. I'm not ashamed of that gospel. I'm not ashamed that I don't need to add anything to it, that I don't need to add my own efforts, because Jesus done everything. And so I want to keep sharing that gospel. I want to do it with my, my family, my kids at home. So that, yeah, while we have rules, we also have good news. We have good news that there is forgiveness, that God loves you and God loves me. That Jesus has done everything. I want to share it with my, my friends and my family and my neighbors who are looking for a glimmer of peace and a little bit of light and hope in this world. And, and man, Jesus has 
Not just a little bit of it, but he has all of it. And I want them to know Jesus is everything. And so we share that good news. And we support the sharing of that good news as, as we encourage people to go into their neighborhoods, into their homes, into the, the world around us, even those, those Hmong pastors supporting them with our prayers and our mission offerings. Because where the word of God goes, where the gospel message goes, results happen. Because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Because Jesus is everything. And that gets results. Amen.